If you would, turn with me in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 23. Exodus chapter 23. We'll read verse 20 and then skip down to verse 29 and 30. I'll also read Psalms 27 in the NLT verse there and Psalms 69 and 3. Exodus 23 verse 20 says, Behold... I send an angel before thee to keep thee in the way and to bring thee into the place which I have prepared. That's great. That's wonderful and we rejoice in that. Go down to verse 29. I will not drive them out, speaking of their enemies, I will not drive them out from before thee in one year. I'm not going to do it. Lest the land become desolate and the beast of the field multiply against thee. By little and little I will drive them out from before thee until thou be increased and inherit the land. Psalms 27 verse 14, this is in the NLT, it says, wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. Psalm 69 verse 3 says, I am weary of my crying. I'm tired of crying. I'm tired of being sad. I'm tired of being in this place. My throat is dried. And my eyes fail. While I wait for my God. Today for just a little while. In the help of the Holy Ghost. I want to preach to you on the subject. The weight of the weight. The heaviness, the burden, the heartache of the time that we are waiting. The delay, the heaviness that we face today. Father, would you help us today? God, I pray right now that you would speak to every heart and soul in this place today. Especially mine. God, that you would help us today to see, Lord, the work that you are doing. God, that we would trust in you again with our whole heart. God, knowing you have not brought us to this place to leave us. God, but you are doing something that our minds cannot even comprehend right now. Father, I pray that before we leave this place today, there would be a surrender of hands lifted, heart surrendered to you, trusting in you, oh God, that he who has begun a work in us is faithful to perform it and to perfect it. Lord, right now, even now, we surrender our souls to thee. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone said, amen. Amen. You can be seated in the house of the Lord this morning. Wait, that dreaded word. We despise the word wait. I can go back to my earliest memories in childhood and when my parents would tell me to wait, 
There was something that was not put there by anybody else to my understanding. There was something inside of me that that life just had a way of getting to me. And when somebody said, wait, something would rise up inside of me and it didn't settle very well. I see it now in my own children when they're wanting to do something or they're wanting to go somewhere or they've got to have something. And I tell them, wait. The disgust and the displeasure on their face and and, and the, the frustration that is there. I've felt that before. I still feel that way when somebody says wait. It's no different than when we come into the house of the Lord and, and we feel like God has promised us something and He's told us we could have it and He says wait. As much as we love the Lord and as much as we say we trust the Lord, there's still that flesh that rises up inside of us that says I don't want to wait. I don't like to wait. I don't want to be patient. I don't want to to go through the motions. I, I want it now. Wait. It means a delayed action until a particular time. We don't know when that particular time is and that's part of the frustration. It means who knows when. It's a dry place. It's a place of sun rising and sun setting day after day. It is the ticking away of the clock. It's the watching hour after hour roll by, not knowing what is next, not knowing how or when. Have you ever been there before? Sometimes even after waiting, the end result was not what I wanted or anticipated. We do not like to wait. Waiting rooms are nerve-wracking. Waiting rooms cause fear and anxiety because there is so much unknown. Waiting for a child to be born seems like an eternity for every expecting mother. Waiting on Christmas for a child is brutal. Waiting on a phone call from that job interview can cause you to stress out for days. Waiting, waiting can mess you up. Waiting can put thoughts in your mind that have never been there. Waiting can get you antsy. Waiting can cause you to do silly things. Waiting can cause you to switch from lane to lane to lane at the grocery store because this one's taking too long. And this lady's chatty Kathy and wants to talk to the person there for 20 minutes while you're there in your buggy waiting to be checked out. And you're doing things that don't even make sense, but you're impatient. You don't like to wait. Waiting is painful, but it is not the process of waiting. It is the person that is involved in the process. It's this flesh. It's this humanity. It is our humanity that is getting in the way. If we were to go through the entire word of God, of every word associated with wait... You would be astounded at how many times the Lord or the prophet or the man of God spoke the words wait, delay, tarry, stay, linger, or in our lingo, hang around, hold your horses, take a chill pill, calm down, chill out, relax. We don't like when anybody speaks those words to us. You want to really get somebody frustrated in an argument, tell them to calm down. 
In the heat of frustration, tell them, you need to take a chill pill. We don't like to be patient. We don't like to calm down. We don't like to wait. We have become such impatient people, and we are not the first ones to be this way. Impatience is triggered when we have a goal in mind and we realize it is going to cost us more than we thought it would to reach it. We want the results now. We want the product now. We want the end result now. But we grow impatient when one trip to the gym and one day of dieting and we're still not skinny. We grow impatient when we take one piano lesson and I still cannot play the piano like Brother Clyde T. You see, we don't want to go through the practice, but we want the solo without showing up to rehearsal. We want the pulpit without having a prayer life. We want the results of the work without actually having to do the work. So what do we do? We start looking for other ways to circumvent the process. Impatience. It will motivate you to reduce the cost of reaching your goal or to even switch your goal. We're more likely to feel impatient when we have more options. Sarah knew all about this. She realized that nothing was happening and her husband still had no son. She blamed herself. She blamed all of that on her and it was her fault. And there was going to be no future generation for Abraham like God had promised. That was the promise. That was the goal. But what I am working with right now and what I am working in right now is not going to get us there. So she had options. And when things are not happening the way you want them to, I beg of you, please leave Hagar out of this. Otherwise, you're going to mess her life up. You're going to mess your life up. You're going to mess your children's life up. You stop trying to come up with a plan B when things aren't going the way that you want it to. When God says, I've got a plan, and you say, well, God, I've, I've got a plan too. No, you need to learn to put your plan to the side and say, God, I know it's taken longer than I thought. I, I know I don't understand how it's all going to play out out. But God, I have got to wait on you. I've got to be patient and let all of this come to pass. I've got to take my humanity and my flesh out of it. I don't care if there's other options. I don't want to think about other options. The only option I want, God, is to trust in you. If God wants your help, I promise you, I promise you, if God wants your help, he's going to let you know. We want the ending. We want the last. We want the happily ever after. We want the freedom. We want the promised land. We want the promise. We want revival. We want, we want, we want, we want. And we want all of these things, but we don't want to wait. We don't have a problem wanting. We have a big problem waiting. We like the product, but we don't like the process. Well, we love the peace of God. We just don't always like the pace of God. If we could only see that there is a delay for good reason. There is a reason that God has not allowed you to go through that next door. There is a reason that God has not even shown you where that door is at. 
There is a reason you are in your wilderness today. There is a reason you're going through the storm you're going through right now. There is a reason that relationship has not worked out for you. There is a reason you lost your job. There is a reason you haven't gotten the job that you wanted. There is a reason for what you are going through today. There is a reason. I wish I had all the answers of why today. I do not. But what I can tell you is that he is preparing that place for you. And while he is preparing that place for you, he is preparing you for that place. See, some of us, we see the place. We see that it is ready. And we don't understand why God doesn't just push everything out of the way and just part the Red Sea and just let me walk on in with no problems, no hang-ups, no issues, no enemy, no adversities, no, no waiting. We don't understand that when the place is ready. We say, well, God, you told me back in verse 20 that it was a place you prepared for me. Not our preparing. You said it was prepared for me. And God, I've sat here for eight verses impatient and I've been waiting and I'm, I'm waiting on you to open that door and to give me the green light and to tell me I don't have to yield anymore. I get to go. God, why don't you just let me in if it belongs to me and it's mine? But we don't understand that perhaps it's not the place that he's working on. Perhaps it's the person that he's working on. Perhaps the place is right. Perhaps even you are right. But it is not the right season. The Bible says to everything, everything, there is a season. And when you approach that season... And how you approach that season matter more than you even realize this morning. You can have skis in your hand and snow boots and goggles and poles and all the know-how in the world to ski down a mountain. But if you are in the dead heat of summer, it does not matter how talented you are, how well equipped you are, you got to the right place at the wrong time. Some of us have readied ourselves. We've prayed. We've read the word of God. And we see that we are well equipped and we are ready in our minds for a grand adventure. But we get to where we feel God is leading us to. And then we begin to question God and get frustrated with God because the place is not conducive to our liking. God, this this isn't what you promised me. This isn't what you said. This isn't how it was supposed to all play out. God, you said I was going skiing and there's not any snow in my sight and I'm hot from wearing too many clothes. And God is sitting there saying, well, if you would have waited for the right season, I would have lavished those mountains with snow. I would have given you the perfect opportunity to do everything that you went out there to do. And you would have had a jolly good time. But now you're really going to have to wait. Now you're going to really have to work. And you're going to have to really be patient. If the Lord, you hear me this morning, if the Lord is not saying anything to you right now. If you're in a place where you've prayed and you have fasted, God, show me the door. God, open that door. God, take me into that promise. God, bring my loved one back. God, would you do this? God, would you do that? And you've prayed all of these prayers 
and you think that God is not saying anything to you right now. You hear me? His silence is speaking volumes. Because you ought to take that and say, if he isn't speaking to me that I need to go, then perhaps he's speaking to me that I just need to stay. That I just need to trust him. That I just need to sit where I am and stay where I am and say, God, until you speak to me, until I know you're here, until I see that green light, I'm not going anywhere, God. I'll wait right here in the silence. I know I don't like it. I know my flesh against it but God I don't see any other options Psalms 27 14 again he said wait we sure don't like that word but then he goes and marries it with another word that just makes it even more painful wait patiently God I'm already not good at waiting now you're asking me to be patient in my waiting And obviously we're not getting it because he says, I want you to be brave and courageous. Rewind. I want you to wait patiently for the Lord. Romans 12 and 12 says, rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. You mean in the hard times, in the struggle when I'm going through hell? Yes, even then I want you to be patient. Psalms 27, 14. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Second Peter 3 and 9. The Lord, He is not slow in keeping His promise as some understand slowness. Instead, He is patient with you. You hear me this morning. If God is patient with you and all your hang-ups and all of your mess and all that you're going through and all the things that you've done, you ought to be patient with God who's already working. He's working for you, for your good and for His glory. His hand is on the plow. For your purpose, He's got His hand on your life. God, I'll wait on you while you're working. I'll wait on you while you're doing it, God. Lord, even in tribulation, even in hard times, I will wait on you. Exodus 14, 14, the Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. Isaiah 30 and 18, yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. He wants to be gracious to you. Therefore, he will rise up to show you compassion. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait for him. Psalms 25 and 5, lead me in thy truth and teach me. For thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. Psalms 25 verse 21 let integrity and uprightness preserve me for I wait on thee Psalms 33 and 20 our soul waiteth for the Lord he is our help and our shield Psalms 37 and 7 rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him Psalms 37 and now this is the word of God this is his word to somebody today wait wait 
wait, wait. Psalm 37, 9 says, For evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. Psalms 40 and 1, I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined unto me. When did He incline unto me? When I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined unto me, and He heard my cry. Psalms 59, 9, Because of His strength will I wait upon thee, for God is my defense. Psalm 62 and 1, Truly my soul waiteth upon God, from Him cometh my salvation. Psalm 62, 5, My soul wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from Him. Psalms 130 and 5, I wait for the Lord. My soul doth wait, and in His word do I hope. Proverbs twenty twenty two, Say not thou, I will recompense evil, but wait on the Lord, and He shall save thee. Isaiah forty thirty one. I'm telling you, it's all in the Word of God. It's all over the place. But they that wait upon the Lord, they that wait upon the Lord, they that are here today even when they're tired, those that are here today even when they're weary, those that have been crying, those that have no more tears left, your throat is hurting, you're tired of crying, you're tired of praying, they that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength, they shall mount up with wings as eagles, they shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Lamentations 3.26, it is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. Hosea 12 and 6 says, therefore turn thou to thy God. Keep mercy and judgment and wait on thy God continually. Micah 7, 7, therefore I will look unto the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Acts 1 and 4, he says, but wait for the promise of the Father. Second Thessalonians 3, he said, and into the patient waiting for Christ. Psalms 37, 34 said, wait on the Lord and keep his way and he shall exalt thee to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off. You want to know why God is delaying? Because He's trying to cut out some things. He's trying to remove some obstacles that are in your way. He's trying to take care of some stuff. The land is ready, but there's some stuff between you and that land that God is trying to take care of while you're waiting. Don't grow impatient with God. He's doing a work for you right now that you can't see. It's further down the road than your eye can see right now now but you've got to trust you've got a way to know that God is doing it the testing of your faith produces patience God said he was using their wilderness to prove them he said I'm trying to prove you right now I'm trying to prove to you how strong you are. And I'm trying to prove to you how strong I am. I'm trying to do a work right now. It is a testing place to show you that you are enough and that he is enough. I'm trying to see if you will walk in my law and walk in my way or not. 
the children of Israel, they perceived this time, this waiting, this wilderness. They perceived it as punishment. So all they did was walk around complaining and murmuring. Oh God, we should have stayed where we were at. We should have stayed in bondage. We should have stayed in Egypt. We should have stayed out of the church. We should have stayed out at that job where we were making more money. I know I miss church, but I was making more. I should have stayed back there. I should have stayed in that relationship. I should have done this. I should have done that. No, you need to trust God and know that He's doing something greater than you can even imagine today. Deuteronomy 8 and 2, He said, And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness. Why did He do that? Why did He do that for 40 years? We don't like 40 minutes of wilderness. 40 years of wilderness. He did it to humble thee, to prove thee, and to know what was in thine heart. Are you in this for the right reason today? Are you looking for a, a, just a blessing and you're here for a handout and you're here for, or are you here today to say, God, I want whatever you've got for me. God, if it's wilderness, I'll walk into the wilderness today. If it's patiently waiting, I will patiently wait today. God, I don't want a shortcut. I don't want a cheap promise. I don't want a knockoff or a second best. God, I want you and I want whatever you've got. The wilderness is not where God puts us when He is done with us. The wilderness is where He leads us when He is working in us. In the wilderness, we find the footprints of countless saints. Jesus was baptized by John and immediately following his baptism. Immediately after he heard those words, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Now he gets to walk into encouragement. He gets to walk in favor. He gets to walk in blessing and anointing and great and wonderful things. No, the Bible says that the Spirit... The Spirit led him to the wilderness to tempt him, to test him, to prove him. Job, he had to deal with the weight. Abraham had to deal with the weight. Moses had to wait until he became of age. And then he had to wait some more. And then he had to wait some more in a wilderness on the backside of a desert. It took Noah 120 years to build the ark. And he was 600 years old by the time the flood came. Lazarus had waited four days as a dead man. Not the days he was sick. Not the days he waited before he died. But he waited four days as a dead man. Jacob had to wait 14 years before he finally got the spouse he wanted. He worked Not just waited, but he worked for 14 years to get the spouse he wanted. David didn't get promoted the day he was anointed. He had to wait. He had to be chased and hunted into a wilderness, into caves and dens. Joseph had to wait from the time he was given the dream to the fulfillment of those dreams. These men did not just wait, but they worked while they waited. 
They prayed while they waited. They had faith while they waited. They trusted in God while they waited. God, I don't know when it's going to happen, but I'll keep building this ark. I haven't seen a rain cloud anywhere. I don't even know what rain is, but I trust your word. I will keep hammering away. I'll keep praying. I'll keep being faithful to the house of God. I'll keep showing up. Oh God, in one of these days, one of these days, I'm going to see it. Oh, and when I do, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to thank you. I'm going to worship you. And when all of that rain began to fall on Noah and all that rain began to beat down on the land and it finally rested and the waters receded, the first thing he did when he got out of that ark is he went and built an altar. I can imagine if I saw Noah there that day, he walked out of that ark shouting, Thank you, God. Oh, it was worth the wait, God. Oh, thank you for saving me. Thank you for saving my family. Thank you, God. And God saying, no, thank you, Noah. Thank you for being patient. Thank you for waiting. Thank you for being made fun of. Thank you for being put through persecution. Thank you. We can all stand in this house today. We're tired of waiting a few hours after the promise. We pray for our lost loved one and it seems the more we pray, the further away our children get. Sarah's grandfather used to use the quote, when you are going down to nothing, God is up to something. We expect God to work Himself into our plans, our agenda, our time frame, our clock, our calendar, instead of sitting back and saying, God, you do whatever you want, whenever you want, and however you want. God is not punishing me this morning by not letting me move forward. He is preparing me. The reason for the delay, He told the children of Israel, I will not God, I don't like that word. I know you've been praying. I know you've been asking me to. I know you've been asking me to move you from here to there. I know you've been asking me for me to open that door. But I will not. Why? Is it something I've done? Is it because I've failed? Is it because I have sin in my life? Is it because I've messed up and made mistakes? Is it because I have let you down? I will not drive them out from before thee in one year. I'm asking you to wait. I'm asking you to wait. He's telling them right here in this moment. I'm asking you to trust me because hear me right now if I let you in this land it becomes desolate not only desolate but the beasts of this field are going to multiply against you do you see it you see why I'm not letting you go right now but little by little I will Maybe not the pace you wanted me to go. 
Maybe not how you thought it would all be. God, I thought I'd be further along the road right now. I thought we'd be, I thought I'd be past all of my mistakes, past my addictions, past my hangups. God, I'm an elder and I'm still battling things I faced when I was, God, is this ever going to end? Am I, am I going to always have to do this? He said, I'm doing it little by little. I will drive them out from before thee. How long? Until thou be increased. Until you grow. Until I've gotten you to that place where you're going to soar with eagles. Because you've waited patiently. Until you get to that place where you can run and not grow weary. Because you have walked patiently. And then you're going to walk and not faint because you have waited patiently. He said, if we were to have it our way, you would enter into a place where the land would be full of weeds, uncultivated, unworked. It would be a mess that you would be walking into that you would have to deal with. Oh, yeah. And the beast of the field would have been given time to multiply against you. But if you will wait on me and follow me and work with me. And go in my pace. Then little by little I'm going to weed them out. Little by little I'm going to prepare it for you. So that when you get there. It is all set up and prepared for you. But beyond the waiting. When God does move. We don't want a little by a little. We want a lot by a lot. We pray, God, I know you're able. God, I know you can do it. God, I know you want to open. I know you do. And he does and he can. But if he hasn't, if he doesn't, if he won't, I have got to learn to sit back and trust. He is ordering my steps. He is leading me to a place that I have, would have never designed for myself. This morning, you hear me, your obedience or your disobedience will determine whether you wind up in a field with the land's beast or you end up in a field with the Lord's best. We read this scripture and our voice says we want his promise, but God, the process hurts. The waiting hurts. God, I... I I don't know why. He said, I'll tell you why. Because you've been a slave long enough. You've already labored more than I want you to labor. Enjoy this time. While you're waiting to recover, to be strengthened, to be comforted. To rest. To rest. And right now, while you're waiting and resting, I am making your enemies and your adversaries cultivate that land. I'm making them work and make sure they've got it all ready for you. So that when I give you the green light and you get to take that next step, you're going to get to go into a land and you don't have to do it. You don't have to labor. You don't have to weary. Come on, I open these altars right now to somebody who wants to wait on the Lord today. God, I haven't trusted you. God, I'm impatient. God, I lay my flesh down at an altar today. Crucify this flesh. God, right now, Lord. 
I surrender my will. I surrender my will, Lord. God, I don't want to fight against you anymore. Oh, I don't want to fight against your plan. I don't want another option, another way. God, help me to wait. God, it's my flesh. I know it is. Oh, I'm impatient, God. I'm impatient, God, everywhere I go. Oh, because I'm hurting. I'm tired. I'm weary. I have no more tears. Oh, my throat is dry. Oh, because I have cried and shouted so much while I have waited on you. But God, I stand here today. I wait on you, Lord. My son, my daughter, they are coming back. My loved one, they are coming back. I will be healed. I will be delivered from my addiction. Oh, I will be saved. God, if I wait, if I don't try to do it myself, Hatalabo Satabaya. Hilabo Korabaha Satalabaha.